Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Niago, the 2022 president-elect for the Metro DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hubka, a chapter past president, as well as a member of the pod squad here at Metro DC ATD. We also have Helena Hodges, our vice president of finance and operations as our producer. For today's episode, we are interviewing John Stepper, the author of Working Out Loud for a Better Career and Life. Welcome, John. Hi, uh, nice to meet you. Thanks very much. Before we jump into our topic of working relationships, do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Uh, let's see. We, we joked about this before we started. Uh, <laughs> I'm a native New Yorker. Uh, I've been here my whole life. I've got five kids. And the last thing I ever thought I would do would be to start my own business and to start a new chapter in my life, kind of you know, well into middle age. And that's what working out loud is. I, I worked in big companies my entire life. Um, uh-huh. But towards, you know, towards the end of my career there, I just felt there had to be a better way. And I've spent the last decade or so working towards that. And that's what we'll talk about today. Nice. John, now, how did the working out loud concept come about? So I was working in a big company. It was actually Deutsche Bank. Uh, I'd been there for a while, and you know, it, it was it was good. Uh, there were definitely good times. There were you know the normal ups and downs of a career. But the start of working out loud came from this this sense, this yearning that for me and and pretty much everyone else I saw around me that that they were just bringing a fraction of what they had to offer to work. Uh, it was a job and, and it wasn't anybody's fault and it wasn't that it was a bad place because it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But there was, there was this sense like a tragic waste of potential, both individually and collectively. And again, as I got older, I felt, you know, there's, there's got to be more than this. There's more that I can contribute. And I, I started to actively look for ways that I could do that, but also I could help other people do it. Yeah, I think a lot of people relate to what you're saying. I kind of have a sense of that myself a few years ago when I thought there's got to be more to this <laughs> this whole career and corporate world thing. So I'm very glad we're talking today and you can shed some light for us. Now, I know that you did a very interesting TED Talk on this. Would you share with us how making contributions and making our ideas visible and making meaningful relationships with people doing related work help professionals in their careers. The talk was, uh, the timing of it was somewhat ironic because I gave the talk in April of 2016 uh, and I was laid off in May of 2016. And, (laughs) And one of the things I talked about in that talk um, was that, you know, for me and for many people, we're playing a kind of career roulette, which is 
we hope that we get a good boss. We hope that we get a good project. We hope that whatever company we're in is, is managing well and doing well. And, you know, sometimes you win at roulette, but most times you don't. And win or lose, you very much feel like you're not in control. So what, what Working Out Loud aims to do through relationships and, and building your network in a way that, that feels good and also serves other people, that, that is a way to, to choose yourself, so to speak, to increase the odds, to increase your access to skills, knowledge, opportunities, so that it isn't just about other people picking you, but it's about you earning access through meaningful relationships with other people. Now, you just said something that kind of stood out to me, choosing yourself. And when you think about working in an organization and on a team, it's often about other people. It's about collaboration and being cooperative and all of these things. Can you just shed a little bit more light about that element of choosing yourself and how that plays into actually being able to be a better collaborator and a better uh, networking professional by making sure that you take care of yourself first so that the work and the way in which you show up in your teams and in the organization is actually consistent with your values and those of your organization. So, so two things about that phrase, which is, you know, again, not new, mm -hmm. um, but I mean it in two different ways. So okay. one is the way I think you just uh, interpreted it, that I am going to choose myself by developing my skills, by taking time to invest in myself so mm -hmm. that I can, I have more to offer. Yes. The second way, though, that I mean that is that you actively look for ways that you can contribute. So yes. you, this isn't about uh, doing what other people tell you to do, no matter how well you do that, but it's going beyond that thing. How can I take whatever it is I have, and we'll talk about what I mean by contributions in a bit, but how can I think broadly about what it is that I have that might be useful or interesting or helpful to other people and serve them and in so doing, develop trust and a sense of relatedness that would help us both. That's what I mean by choose yourself. Yes. And you say some keywords here. Trust is a big thing here with us at ATD. Um, what about those who want to increase their influence? <laughs> I'm laughing because that, that word, that word's almost tarnished now. Because when we think of influence, we think of influencers which is some, some tiny set <laughs> of people that have outsized audiences. And yes. um, that, is, that is perhaps a way. But when I think of influence and I think of trust, what is that really? It means that there have, there have been a, a series of actions, of exchanges over time that lead you to believe and rely on another person. And what you practice in Working Out Loud is, is exactly that exchange. So what we try to do is not just teach you what trust is or not just teach you that networking is good or that relationships help you 
on the one hand, you know, no kidding, right? Like that story's been around for a very, very long time. But how do you actually develop trust with someone, a sense of relatedness, so that you're more likely to cooperate, collaborate, exchange ideas? And one of the best way to do that is through a, a, a set of contributions that you make over time uh, that builds that kind of bond, that builds that sense of, of relatedness and trust. Nice. Now, the working out loud concept has five elements that participants can benefit from or learn about. Could you go into those a little bit for us? Sure. I'll, I'll talk about them quickly. Uh, what I think as we do, you'll recognize these as it's almost like conventional age-old wisdom. So at the heart of working out our relationships, because one, we're social animals. So this is just, it's fundamental to who we are, to our identity, to how we get things done, is that we're wired to interact and exchange with other people. And the second element is generosity. Because, and this is, this is very much taken from Keith Rossi, if you've ever read Never Eat Alone, it's the idea that instead of trying to get something from someone or manipulate someone or have coffee with someone, you lead with generosity because your acts of generosity over time are what build trust and relatedness. That's how you develop meaningful relationships that actually feel good, that feel authentic. The third element is visible work because, well, what do I mean by generosity? Like, what are you offering? Well, sometimes it's just appreciation. Sometimes it's attention. I'm, I'm interested in you and what you have to say. But you have much, much more to offer, including your visible work. What am I doing? Why? What resources have been helpful? Uh, what lessons have I learned that if I share them that you can avoid, right, that you can avoid mistakes that I've made? A wide, wide range of work that if you, if you frame it as a contribution to other people, is another one of those exchanges that can build trust and relatedness. And the last two elements, the last two elements are purposeful discovery and a growth mindset. My uh, purposeful discovery, it's, it's something of a, an oxymoron in a sense. It's that you, you have a goal, that you're goal-oriented, there's something you're trying to do, but you remain open as you pursue that goal. So that you're you're exploring and searching, not just executing against the plan. And the growth mindset, which has become very popular lately. I mean, they teach it in my kids' schools. It's on the hallways of corporations that I work with. Um, a growth mindset is again a sense of a, a focus on your effort and intentions and learning more than the outcome. Because if if your mindset is such that I, I'm going to put in the effort. I'm going to continually improve. I'm going to expect setbacks and then learn from them. If you have that mindset, you are much more resilient and you're going to get the outcomes that you want, but with, with less stress and drama um, and greater determination and resilience. So those are the five elements. I love that you mentioned the growth mindset because as talent development professionals, we understand how it plays a key role into creating our own professional luck. Would you agree? Uh, absolutely. It's the tricky part, though, 
um, is that you could read Carol Dweck's book uh, on growth mindset. You, you, could, you could understand the concept, but actually applying it day to day is quite challenging. And so what I do and what Working Aloud is, is, is not so much just delivering you more concepts about, you know, what's a better way to build relationships or to accomplish a goal. Uh, it's, a, it's a method for putting these ideas into practice so that they become a set of habits and a set of skills that you can apply to any goal. Very helpful to understand the way you break this down for us. Now, the Working Out Loud program, I know a couple of people who have uh, taken it and only great things have been said about it. They mentioned something called circles. What are these circles and what do they entail per se? So in a Working Out Loud circle, uh, it's, a, it's a peer coaching group. So four or five people meet for one hour a week for 12 weeks. So it's about 2% of your time, right? And there is a, a set of guides that it's a, it's a curriculum of a kind, a, a workbook that you, that you follow each week. There's an agenda, a set of exercises, a set of discussions, but it's a curriculum, a, a guided mastery program. So that's step by step by step. You're not just learning about networking or relationships or growth mindset. You're doing it. You pick a goal in week one and you actively build a network related to that goal and make contributions to your network related to that goal so that over the 12 weeks, you develop a, a greater sense of what it is you have to offer. Uh, you develop a, a, a feeling of confidence that indeed what you, you know, back to choose yourself, what you have to offer is indeed useful or helpful or interesting to other people. You're not doing it to be popular. You're not doing it to get likes. You're not doing it to show how awesome you are or show off. You're doing it, leading with generosity. You're doing it to, to, to exchange with other people this signal that, uh, that you are trustworthy, that you are helpful, and that will lead to, to bonds, to relationships uh, that will help you reach your goal. Well said. Now, I'm going to put on my other hat and um, ask this question from the perspective of organizations. How does working out loud help with things like retention concerns, effectiveness, or things like improving overall culture? Well, two ways. First, a, a word about these circles, which is that you know, people are busy. So to, to develop new skills or new habits, I mean, it takes more than just watching a LinkedIn learning video, right? Right. It, it, it takes actions over time and in a, in a busy environment, that's actually tough to do. So what this circle structure gives you is structure, shared accountability, and peer support so that you actually take these small steps over time enough so that you develop these habits and skills that you can apply to any goal. Now, why would a company care? So it's nice that, it, you know, it's nice that some individual says, oh, I, I've accomplished my goal or I, uh, I really love my circle. 
because it, it's a it's a psychologically safe space, and I've made friends. Uh, I feel more confident. You know, all that's great. But what does the company get? So, I'll give you an example. Um, imagine one of the companies we uh, work with uses it for onboarding. Imagine joining a company today. What that's like. You don't know anybody. All of the HR tricks, right, for onboarding you into the company are either don't exist or are dramatically changed. And it is a very isolating experience. So instead, at the companies we work with, you join a working out loud circle and you, you have an instant network of three or four other people with whom you gradually develop trust and, and relationships over time. And over your 12 weeks, you learn how to navigate the company. And you have this, this instant psychologically safe space, this support group with whom you're developing a set of skills together. You each have different goals, but you're, you're developing and growing together. And, and that gives you a sense of connection to people and to the company that, that some employees never develop. So what the companies are looking for, why they, you know, they use Working Out Loud, is can we, can we help connect the dots? Can we help cross silos, right? This, this thing we've been talking about for decades. Can we build these human bridges or connections across divisions and locations? And circles help them do that. And just as importantly, can we make people feel a, a greater sense of connection, particularly with COVID and remote work and all of that? Can we, can we help them in any way to feel like they've got this safe space at work and they've got people here with whom they feel connected um, as they develop and as they grow? And that's what circles bring to an organization, the sense of the ability to connect with people across the organization. So there's greater exchange, information flow, et cetera, and also uh, a deeper, more intrinsic feeling of connection with the company and the people in it. Wow, this is very interesting. And I'm really glad you shared with us the impact on individuals in organizations feeling a sense of community, even if they're the only person on their team starting a new job. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really love the idea of using this style, of using working out loud, especially within organizations where people need to develop a sense of, I guess you could call it owning their career. Mm -hmm. So often people feel like their career is something that happens to them. They're waiting. They're waiting for recognition. They're waiting for that promotion. And a lot of times they're left waiting. What I love here is that there is a sense of action. There is a sense of inspiring curiosity and inspiring people to really take control over their career and and work with others in order to really be able to develop a stronger sense of who they are, what they contribute. And I'm curious too, I think you gave a wonderful example about how this can be used for an orientation. What has been your experience with existing teams or with people who might be feeling stuck perhaps? Do you find that there are these opportunities for them to really sort of step into what it means to own their career and really start to make sense of what their priorities are, what their goals are, and take action on those? Uh, yeah, you, you 
put it beautifully, Stephanie. Thank you. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> you, you nailed it. In fact, if you could answer all further questions for me, that would be very helpful. Oh, no. Um, well, so yes, there's a, uh, so a program comes to mind. We just did a program at Pfizer with 50 uh, women who were part of a women's network at Pfizer. And they were women all around the world. And they weren't stuck, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but for sure, like many big companies, they're encouraging employees to, you know, so to speak, to be the CEO of your own career. And that the, uh, the only career path isn't just up the ladder, but it's just exploring a wider range of opportunities within the company. And right. in a company like Pfizer, that's, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity, right? Not just getting your boss's job. Of course, yeah. Right. So, so how does working out loud help? Um, well, imagine this. Imagine that you're a senior engineer. You're a, one of the women was in Israel. One was in Belgium, uh, and they're looking for like the next thing in their career. Well, normally, what would you do? Maybe you'd let your boss know. Maybe if you felt safe doing that. By the way, um, maybe you'd let HR know. Maybe there is an internal job board. You might submit a resume. And that's one way. That's a very traditional, normal way. Sure. Or in your circle, you just build, you actively use your your one hour a week to build relationships to find, well, who are all the people who are doing what I do throughout this company? They could be in different locations. They could be in different divisions. Maybe they're people who used to do what you do and now have a They've accomplished something that you would love to accomplish, or they took a path you didn't even know existed. And so the, these women, or at least many of them, use their circle as a way to, to search the different possibilities, career possibilities at Pfizer. And by developing relationships, casting a wider net, they, they just back to purposeful discovery. They learned about opportunities they had no idea about before, and they they had a path to them via other people. That's the difference. You just submit a resume and you hope, you know, fingers crossed that the system that works, that the universe picks you, or you think of it as increasing the odds. I've built this network. Each of those uh, people gives me access I wouldn't have had otherwise. And if I've invested in developing a trusted relationship, then I'm going to earn access, not just be picked. I'm going to earn access to jobs or knowledge or ideas that I wouldn't have had before. And again, I, I increase my chances. Wow. I really like that. I mean, it really takes what could feel limiting in an organization. If you're defining success or if you're defining growth as promotion, for example, there are only so many opportunities for that. But when you're working within a circle and you have an opportunity to get curious, to build trust, to be generous with what you share and then have access to what others are sharing, I think you take limits and you turn them into something that feels more limitless. I mean, it's your own growth that's that's going to really fuel what next steps could look like. And I think you're, you're really onto something there. It could be that your next steps are not so traditional. It could be that there are things out there you have not yet discovered that are really going to change your trajectory and really change the value that you contribute, as well as the value you might be able to take with you from that organization. Right. Gosh, Partic- that's partic- powerful. Particularly now. So I'll, I'll be honest, when I, was, 
when I was in a big company and they said, be the CEO of your own career, I thought this yeah. was a trick um, yeah. by yeah. HR to say, look, sorry, but we don't want to promote them any people, but we don't want to tell you that. So we're right. going to tell you that it's your, it's your fault. It's <laughs> right. your responsibility to be the, to get your own career. And I mean, I admit that that was a bit cynical, but now, now there, there is no, there aren't five jobs. There are 5,000. Yeah. There, and, and it's, it's just a splintering of work into a, you know, a, a growing, almost, you might say infinite set of possibilities that says, look, forget path. What, what if that, what if that senior engineer in Belgium would love to go to Israel? Wow. What an experience for her and her family. So just by, by knowing that there was a job opening there, and that she knew someone in Israel who might be able to recommend her or at least give her the lay of the land, that might be the best thing in her life. Yeah. But she would never know about it if she just applied, you know, to the machine with her resume. Right. So, th- so I've, I've dropped my cynicism and said, uh, <laughs> you know, th- if you can give people a structured, um, kind of safe way psychologically safe, otherwise career safe, a mm-hmm. safe way to explore these possibilities, um, then, then you're going to help them to make more of what they have to offer. And that's turned out to be true. I, I believe it. I absolutely believe it. Yes. That is incredible, incredible insight. And John, I'm sad that we are coming to the end of this part of our conversation, but I know, I know. I mean, these, these 20 minutes fly, don't they? But fortunately, we still have a few more questions left for you. At the end of every episode, we like to ask our guest five rapid fire style questions. Each question should take no more than about 60 seconds or so to respond. So what do you think? Are you ready for a little rapid fire? Um, would warn me about this beforehand, and I have to admit, I was I have been nervous about this part of the, the show for the entire time. So okay, but I I feel like I'm about to lose on Jeopardy. So no, let's, no, okay. there are no right or wrong answers here. I will tell you though, everybody comes to us and says this is the part that makes them the most nervous. So I share that because you're in wonderful company. Oh, We've had wonderful people on this show, and you are not alone by any stretch. I am not alone. That is, I feel like I'm in a circle now. Thank you very much. You are. You are a part of a very big circle, as a matter of fact, a very supportive one. So your first question today is, give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. One of my favorites is The Art of Possibility by Rosamond and Benjamin Zander. It changed how how I viewed people and management. It is a very, very uplifting, positive book. And uh, I refer to it constantly. I think if, if, as a management philosophy almost, I think this book uh, shows a path to a better way and a better workplace, the art of possibility. I've written that down. That sounds like a it's great. great read. Oh, it's a great book. I mean, great I think it's read. a great read. So it's, he's a conductor of the Boston Symphony Orchestra. So the stories are engaging. It's just a delicious book to read. But boy, there's a lot there. That oh, you can wow. Use. I can't wait. I got to say, you're off to a great start with rapid fire. This is great. You're not losing a Jeopardy today. (laughs) All right. Give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. You know, uh, I'm assuming you mean some kind of maybe HR tool, but this this is the one that I, I literally just started using this week. My wife got me an Aura Ring. 
it's a it's a wearable, so it's, yeah. it's not an Apple Watch, but it's a ring. And it it and I you know at first I was resistant as whole husbands are to wife suggestions, <laughs> um, but as soon as I got it, it uh, it heart rate and movement and sleep, and I had never I'd never thought to monitor my sleep before. And I, I, you know, we know sleep's important for your health and, and all. So I, this was one of these small investments in yourself, another kind of way to choose yourself, I guess, that said, I'm going to pay a bit more attention to different aspects of my well-being, like mental and physical. And this little thing helped me. And I've been using it for three days. And it's, it's already changed how I think about certain things that I do uh, in a very healthy way. I think that's a fantastic tool to recommend. And I think your insight is right on. It's sometimes the little things, you know, how did I sleep last night? It'll start to change your thoughts on maybe I should go to bed a little bit earlier. Or not eat you know, so late. Not eat I, so late. Yeah. Turn the TV off a little earlier. You're totally right. No, that's that is a terrific I feel like selection. A grandmother telling the audience. <laughs> No, I guarantee there are a lot of people listening right now nodding their heads and saying yes, because they have a similar wearable that they love. That's a great one. All right. What is the best piece of talent development related advice that you've ever been given? Well, I've been given a lot of bad advice, <laughs> um, particularly by managers. Uh, not that they were ill-intentioned, but there was definitely the environment I grew up in was more like... you fitting in and being like faking being managerial. That was mm -hmm. the thing. Um, best advice. So Seth Godin, who I don't know, but has, has I've read and I've met a few times is, uh, has been a big influence on me. And he wrote a post and wrote this down. It was, it was about talent and his, this very, very short post, but he said, choices lead to habits Habits lead to talents. Talents are labeled as gifts. You're not born this way. You get this way. Wow. And I said, that is right. <laughs> that's like, that's a, it's a choice. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to be Mozart, right? It, like there are, of course, there are limits. And, but for almost anything you want to do, it's about work. Yeah. And feedback and getting help and, you know, step by step. How many stories do we read about uh, people that do miraculous things, but started from a very different place? So, you know, am I, who am I to do X or Y or Z? It's like, well, why not me? If I put in the work, uh, if I develop those habits. And that was a very empowering little blog post that has stuck with me for years. That is very powerful and honestly, so connected into our conversation and into working out loud. I mean, imagine what you could do if you were empowered to do so, whether by your environment or by yourself, Right. finding that within yourself. That's wonderful. And had the people around you and the environment around you that enabled or inspired you to keep going, absolutely. to persist and develop. Yeah. Oh, absolutely right. All right. What is one thing that you're excited about that's coming up within the next year? Well, we got more, you know, COVID tests delivered. Uh, yay. We do. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the kids are my, yeah. Um, there's a, right. So, you know, on the one hand, it's 
it's if you if people can just make it through and be healthy, like that's worthy of celebration. Yes, um, yes, yes. What I'm having said that, what I'm excited about is that you know, related to what we're talking about, we are going through the great reset of what work is. That's exciting because a lot of assumptions about the way things are are now open for examination and rethinking. And that's great. Uh, I completely agree. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the potential of what may be on the other side of this and how we all may view work and workers uh, going forward. I think there's, yeah. there's a lot of very, very positive possibilities in the future. Yeah, we've been changed and soon we will benefit from all of that change. I think you're great. Absolutely right. All right. Last question. What is the one thing within our talent development industry that you are deeply grateful for right now? Well, I'm grateful for this podcast, um, <laughs> truly. And, you know, we're, you know, part of this podcast is we were, um, ATD was offering uh, a chance to join a workout loud circle to members. Yeah. yeah. And we, we did a similar program in, Germany, uh, it starts tomorrow and it has 450 people. Oh my gosh. And, um, in German. Um, but so, so what, what I am grateful for is that here are 450 people who in, they're in HR, right? So they've got, we just talked about the great reset and here are people who have the influence, the authority to take this kind of new thinking that's more generous, more empathetic, more empowering, more connected, and bring that to their workplace. I'm grateful that we even have a shot at doing that. I'm grateful yeah. even that we, uh, you know, the door has opened a little bit and maybe we, we collectively, we, your members, we, these 450 HR professionals in Germany, that, that we can kind of dare um, to make a difference and take a step toward doing so. I think that is, that's something to be grateful for. Absolutely right. John, we are so happy you joined us today to share your wisdom with our listeners. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. This was, uh, you just, you made my day and week. You made my January. This is great. Thank you, ladies. I really appreciate it. Yes. And thank you to my co-host as well. Yeah. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this conversation. This was eye-opening. It was inspiring. I, I feel like I learned a lot. This is one of those perfect episodes. So thank you so much for being here and for giving us an opportunity to be inspired. I appreciate it. Here's to a wonderful 22 for uh, Absolutely. all of you. Yes, and many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Do you want to connect with like-minded talent development professionals? Then go to dcatd.org forward slash COPs to learn more about our independent consultant, instructional design, leadership development, and government communities of practice. Want to network with other chapter members? Join the Metro DC chapter of ATD members on LinkedIn today.